Welcome to How We Win, the official podcast of The Persistence. 97 days until the most important election of our lives. Action is the best antidote for anxiety, and we're giving you the tools to help us win. Today, Joe Manchin comes around on Biden's efforts to pass Build Back Better, reduce inflation, whatever they're calling it. Mm. Joining us for our interview is legendary greaser John Bowser Bauman. Yes, he's going to do the thing. So stick around (laughs) to listen. He's also going to talk to us about Social Security Works Pack and fighting threats to Social Security and Medicare. I'm Steve Pearson. And I'm Mariah Craven. And And this this is is How We Win. Win. Very excited for everyone to hear our friend Bowser from Shanana, who, uh, if you are involved volunteering, especially for congressional races anywhere in the country, you've probably seen him because the dude right. gets around and he's everywhere. Is, he's everywhere. He's so dedicated. Before we do that, though, and before we get in the news, I just want to remind everybody about our live show coming up in like three weeks, oh my gosh, pretty soon. August 22nd in Los Angeles at Largo. There are still tickets available. Go to howwewinlive.com to get tickets and everything that we sell goes directly to our frontline candidates. It goes directly to the How We Win Fund. So it's gonna be so fun with Kathy Griffin and Allison Gill from Muller She Wrote and the Midas guys and Frangela, it's a super pod. And we want to see you there at Los Angeles. If you like podcasts and you like <laughs> podcasts about politics and activism, and I'm guessing that you do, this is going to blow your mind. You're going to have such a great time. And if you like this podcast and are a regular listener and live in Los Angeles, why wouldn't you come? Why wouldn't you come out to the show? We want to see you. Go ahead and get your ticket now. You want to see everybody. You don't want to. You don't want to miss out on the tickets. You don't want to get stuck uh, the, the outside trying to see if you can get some scalped tickets or something <laughs> like that. So go ahead, get them now. Uh, that's howwewinlive.com. There are some reports of counterfeit tickets circulating, so be very careful with the scalpers. I wouldn't recommend that. Just go to the authorized website. Get your tickets there. <laughs> Um, in the meantime, top news of the week. Um, I mean, the 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 big thing is that Mansion has come around on what is essentially build back better, but strip down. Right. Are we calling it build back? No, we're calling it the Inflation Reduction Act. He insisted on calling it the yeah. IRA. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> his insistence. You know, um, man, he's showboating he's enjoying the power that he has and i'm really going to enjoy taking that power away from him this november but um but i will say i'm grateful it's a huge shock frankly that uh this deal has come around it is build back better light but it has some really important important uh elements to it uh as we see these horrible floods in Kentucky and, you know, sending mm-hmm. our love to any listeners who are affected by those wildfires in California. We've been talking about it's just too little too late with the work we're doing on the climate, 
but um, this would be a substantial, substantial legislation to combat uh, climate and um, and also reduce uh, prescription drug prices, secure right. health care. Um, so it's not everything that uh, that we wanted with Build Back Better, but it is uh, some really important transformative legislation that we can pass through reconciliation. We don't have to worry about the filibuster with it. So the only person we're really worried about right now is cinema. Um, yeah, the an important point of this is that it will raise revenue by imposing uh, 15% minimum tax on large corporations and uh, force drug companies to offer Medicare lower prices for prescription drugs. So this is how it's going to be paid for. Um, people who are close to cinema have said that she's been in favor of things like this in the past. Mm. So I think that there's a good chance that she'll be in favor of this, but she's kind of dragging things out and forcing people, including Mansion, yeah, to like, hey, can you get on board with this? So. I am so worried about this and her. Like, even when you just said just now, I think there's a good chance. I was like, God, dad, dad, don't, 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 jinx it. don't say it. <laughs> I just don't. I don't want to be hurt again. I mean, this, <laughs> um, this Senate is uh, is something else, and and we have a real opportunity to uh, turn things around. We really do in November. But in the meantime. Um, Call your sen- your senators. If you are in Arizona, keep calling her. Encourage her to support this bill. Um, you know this this is the time to to blow up those phones once again uh, and make your voices heard. Yeah, between Joe Manchin's texts to her and your phone calls, mm-hmm. we we could we could get this a- across the finish line. Um, another big message that we're going to get is from primaries that uh, are happening. Um, this week in key states, we're keeping a close eye on Michigan and good gravy, Arizona, just at least for the entertainment factor. Uh, <laughs> but Im- <laughs> important primaries happening in important states this week. That's right. Yep. Uh, Mariz- uh, Marizona. Michigan and Arizona combined. It's a new state I just uh-huh. called Marizona. Um, they are both on our How We Win fund, uh, those state mm-hmm. funds. So we're going to know who uh, the candidates are coming out of uh, um, as we speak. We're recording this on Tuesday. We'll, we'll know in the next few days. And next week um, is Wisconsin. Uh, Mandela Barnes, the state's lieutenant governor, is looking to be the Senate candidate. The the other Dems are supporting him. So he's looking to be the Senate candidate taking on Ron Johnson. Wouldn't that be swell? A great way to take over the Senate, make um, Manchin and and Cinema less relevant would be to send Ron Johnson packing. So exciting to watch. We're finally getting the field. We're inside 100 days and, and we we know uh, who we're going to be supporting, who we're going to be out there knocking doors and making phone calls and writing letters for and sending some money to. So. All right. Let's talk about our hero of the week. Last week, you picked the hero of the week. This week in a stunning turn of events, a first for the How We Win podcast, we are 
sharing the same hero of the week because I want to follow up on this incredible story. Uh, Olivia Juliana is still our hero of the week. Uh, Mariah, do you want to talk about what she has done since we uh, since she was your hero last week? Oh, goodness. The last time I looked, she'd raised over $2 million for uh, abortion access uh, after Matt Gates attacked her uh, to his to his big Twitter following. And she just can't stop, won't stop. This woman from Texas who is, I think Dan Rather shouted her out. And, and I really like the angle that he took, which is there's more than one story here in Texas and everybody rags on us because of what our governor and state legislature and our two terrible senators are doing. But there are good people like Olivia here um, fighting to protect our rights. Uh, she is amazing. And I love that she's our first double hero. Double hero, two weeks in a row. I mean, what I also love about what she's doing is she's really seizing this moment. Obviously, she uh, had has and continues to have enormous success raising money for these abortion funds. Uh, but she's also really stepping into uh, the platform she has to um, lift up candidates, to uh, to encourage young people to vote, to talk about what the stakes are. Um, she's just got organizer blood flowing through her veins and and she really is not missing any of this opportunity to do everything she can for the midterms and uh and it's just she's awesome i'm a big 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 fan of hers <laughs> yeah i think she said the other day that she's going to be president one day and that's possible and so you heard it here first to get ready to she's 19 so she's got a little while before she can run but uh let, listen let's keep an eye out on on this young woman, she's we, she's doing incredible stuff. And we were just saying uh, a number of our heroes of the week have then gone on to the White House, right, to meet the president. So this is Hero of the Week on How We Win podcast is uh, a stepping stone to the White House, apparently. So there we go. You heard it here first. <laughs> okay. In the meantime, before we work on Olivia's, Olivia's campaign, let's talk about this week's to-do list. Uh, tons of volunteering and organizing to do right now. Go to swingleft.org to find a group near you. Yeah, uh, I, I really want everyone, if you haven't already, to find a local group to get involved in. Swingleft.org is a great place to do it because they have a website that will connect you to people in your area. But there's also a lot of other great groups. The biggest point right now is if you haven't gotten involved with a group in your community, now is the time. You need to be in community together. We need to be shouldering the burden of this work together and sharing in the joy of this work together. So um, it's time to step up, start volunteering, uh, and doing it with actual other humans in your community. Um, you can also uh, donate swingleft.org slash fundraise slash how we win. Um, your money will go to the most important and effective races in the country. It'll get there at just the right time. Swing Left will handle the strategy part uh, if you send in your support. And you can also get tickets to our live show in LA on August 22nd. That's going to support the same fund. Go to howwewinlive.com. We'll have all the links for this in our show notes to make it easy for you to click and donate. 
All right, Steve, what is your reason for hope this week? My reason for hope is midterm momentum inside of 100 days. Um, the Cook political report ratings are fluctuating. They're changing. They're looking more favorable for Democrats. I mentioned last week that grassroots fundraising is up 20% for Democrats and down, I think it was 14% for Republicans. Um, there is a momentum. Uh, the momentum is on our side right now. And, and I'm seeing a shifting tide that is building into a big blue wave that's going to sweep these MAGA fascist Republicans out of their seats of power in November. Um, my reason for hope, very similar. Um, my inbox is so full and backed up. I know I'm missing important messages. If I owe, owe you an email, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm getting texts like you wouldn't believe. There's so much to do. And like you said, we're, you know, we're 97 days out, which doesn't feel like a lot, but usually these things kick into really high gear after um, after um, Labor Day. And we are, you know, weeks away from that and tons of stuff to do, tons of doors to knock, tons of people to recruit. So, uh, man, people are raring to go and they're doing it. And that gives me hope. Me too. All right. Well, um, another hopeful person who I always love hearing from is our guest this week. Let's hear from Bowser. John Bowser Bauman is the president of Social Security Works PAC and is vice chair of the DNC Seniors Council. He's also the legendary greaser from the group Sha Na Na. Bowser, it's so great to see you and thanks so much for joining us. Well, it's my pleasure to be here and thank you. Oh, wait, that's Bowser. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I get a little, you know, mixed up. The wires up there get right crossed. Yeah. They're one yeah. and the same. It's all. <laughs> well, I want to. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to talk. You're a dedicated and tireless activist. And right before we started recording, you were talking about the travels you're about to embark on. You've been traveling all over the country to support campaigns. And so we want to talk about all of that and especially the issues that are motivating seniors. But first, I do want to know like how you made the transition from singer and performer and Sha Na Na to a political activist to doing all this incredible work. Yeah, well, was that the yeah. long-term plan? That was the. That's why you, you got into into performing. No, for the longest time, I was doing both of these at once. You know what? What really happened to me was after the two thousand election, and I was still doing a lot of shows. Um, but after the two thousand election, I just said to myself, "Okay, I can never sort of sit on the sidelines for one of these again." This was a tragedy. And in two thousand four, I picked myself up and. Um, you know, basically took the summer off and went to Florida and worked on uh, the Kerry campaign for, I think it was like August, September, October, went back to Florida in 08, 12, but it was really 2010 that I realized that actually at my level of semi-celebrity, I could like kind of influence a house race. Yeah. Um, and that was during the uh, when Jack Murtha died uh, and his seat became open. And I went to Johnstown, PA, 
you know, these are all places that I had done shows, right? Like, yeah. There's no yeah. place in America that I haven't done a show. Even, you know, someplace as relatively, uh, you know, small as Johnstown, PA. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, I went, I thought I was going there for five days and I went, I stayed for five weeks. And uh, wow. we, got, we got Mark Critz elected to uh, the Mirtha seat. And then from then on, it's just been more and more activism, more and more elections, fewer and fewer shows. And as Steve kind of knows, um, in 2018, which was the apex of this so far since 2020 was kind of, you know, mm-hmm. pandemic world. But in 2018, I did 57 different campaigns, traveled from Alaska to South Florida and from Northern Maine to Southern California, <laughs> crisscrossed the country multiple times. And it was really, it was a lot of work, but it was also a great cycle. Once a road dog, always a road dog, right? <laughs> well, it's always going, it, it is just like doing shows. I mean, in a way it is doing shows because I'm doing, a, I always, I schlep my digital piano, which is sitting over there. Um, you know, put it in the car if it's a drivable uh, campaign or fly to Chicago, go to Guitar Center, rent the same Yamaha <laughs> C105 or 115, drive it down through Illinois, into Missouri, up through Iowa, into Wisconsin, you know, <laughs> maybe get over to Minnesota, <laughs> make a big circle and return the piano to Chicago. Wow. I, you, you mentioned that you're actually hitting the road again tomorrow. Where, where are you headed this time? Well, it's 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 actually a week from when we're um, it's a week from tomorrow when we're doing this show. OK. Um, beginning August 10th. My first one is going to be in um, Nevada, mm-hmm. in Las Vegas, uh, an event with all three of the House incumbents um, who are, you know, have difficult mm-hmm. races. Right. And it's also kind of a musical event, oddly, uh, which which rarely happens. I mean, I always do a little bit of music, but actually the original Drifters are, are part of this show. Oh, wow. wow. So it's going to be kind of a show, but all three of the candidates will speak. Um, Steve Horsford, Susie Lee and uh, Dina Titus will all speak about senior issues. And so will I. And we're endorsing all three of them for Social Security Works PAC. Well, let's talk about Social Security Works PAC. Can you tell people what it is and what work you do? Yeah, so we work on senior issues, um, as the name would indicate. Primarily, we work on Social Security. But our questionnaire for candidates is uh, really pretty simple. I can tell you what the whole thing is. Will you will you support protecting and expanding Social Security? Will you support protecting and expanding Medicare? Will you support Medicaid expansion as defined in the Affordable Care Act? Will you fight to lower drug prices? And will you always refer to Social Security and Medicare as earned benefits and never use the pejorative term entitlements? Mm. And uh, we send these out to candidates. We see where they stand and when then we endorse as indicated. Yeah, it seems like um, that would be a pretty easy questionnaire for a reasonable, caring person to, to fill out. It would certainly seem that way, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and it's usually, you know, it, it's Social Security and Medicare are both clearly on the ballot this time. Absolutely. Um, you know, more so than even recently because of this very bizarre um, plan from uh, Republican Senate campaign committee chair Rick Scott. 
yeah. to right. end Social Security and Medicare in five years. And no matter how they try to sugarcoat it, that's what the plan says. Uh, their, their intent right. is to end Social Security and Medicare in five years, to which Mitch McConnell, as soon as this came out, said in his way, we're, we're not going to do that. We're, you, you shouldn't say that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but so far, that's the only plan we've heard from Republicans. So Well, right. it never got taken back. I mean, they're really yeah. running on it. And in fact, today I can report to you no less a an unluminary than Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin yeah. today said that he felt that Social Security and Medicare should be um, discretionary, hmm. which is wow. another way of saying like, dissolve the programs like you can just decide whether you want to have retirement security or not and uh, that takes us back to the time before social security was passed in 1935 when over 50% of american seniors lived had incomes below the poverty line mm. and uh, you know there were such things as great expressions like heading to the poorhouse that we think are like expressions like figures of speech Mm -hmm. but actually were life in America. Right. Because if your kids didn't take you in, you went to the poorhouse. So like right. many other Republicans, Senator Ron Johnson wants to take us back to these lovely times. And even before Medicare was passed in 1965, over 35% of American seniors still had incomes below the poverty line. So these two programs have been the most successful domestic programs in the entire history of the United States of America, because, you know, the, the senior poverty level right now is, is around eight and a half percent, like it, which is pretty much the same as the, as the overall population. These programs have been wildly successful, but somehow these lunatics want to dismantle them. So we know the Republicans want to roll rollback progress. Uh, they've made that very clear time and again. Um, but let's talk about the Biden administration and look ahead to the midterms. Despite um, an objectively productive and historic first term so far, Biden's approval ratings are very low. As an expert in senior issues, what do you think is most important to seniors going into the midterms and what's going to move the needle for Biden and the Democrats? Well, number one, everybody um, should recognize that seniors are interested in everything. Right. So it's not just, you know, senior issues that move seniors. Um, there are a massive amount of issues on the table right now um, that are going to move the needle, number one. Mm -hmm. And number two, let's talk about this approval rating stuff for a second. Sure. You know, because, you know, Emmanuel Macron in France got reelected with a very low approval rating. I think Biden's is going to be quite a bit higher than Macron's was when he got reelected. And a lot of Biden's low approval rating, which I also think is going to move very quickly here yeah. um, as a result of the mansion deal. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, a lot of it is Democrats. You know, a lot of Biden's low approval is Democrats feeling like not enough has gotten done. Um, I understand that. I don't think it's Biden's doing. I right. know whose doing right. it is. Um, right. You know, we we worked very hard on the two Georgia elections to get us to parity 50-50 and ultimately the gavel in the Senate without which we would have nothing. But let's not kid ourselves. 
a couple of these senators are not really Democrats. Right. You know, they have D's next to their name, but they're not functioning that way. And we still have to get past Senator Cinema mm-hmm. as we speak. Am I worried about Senator Kirsten Cinema kiboshing this entire deal that's on the table? Yes. I'm also a little bit worried about a few House members sticking on on a particular, you know, a pet issue of theirs and causing problems with it. But all things being equal, if this new plan, which is basically, you know, a scaled down version of Build Back Better passes, I think that's going to move the needle on on the president's approval rating. That's number one. Number two thing, let's look at what's really on the table. Uh, Republicans are not running against Democrats. Republicans are running against democracy. Hmm. And this is getting more and more obvious to more and more people. If you, if, if you cast a vote for these, to, put the, to empower these people again in November, re, you're really asking for trouble in the world of American democracy. So, you yeah. know, our vote is not going to count. It couldn't be clearer that the intention is for your vote not to count. Yeah. You'd be able to override it, overrule it. State legislatures can come in and throw it out. Bizarre frauds can happen. You know, row rage, real, very real. Mm-hmm. Row rage is going to drive people to the polls that may not have come out otherwise in November. Sure. And, and it's enraged people our age, too. Talk about seniors. You know, the, I, I can't even begin to tell you how many women I know of, mm-hmm. of my era who fought this in the first place, never dreamed it was going to go backwards and are just out of their minds. And it's not just women, it's me. I mean, you can hear it in my, you can hear it in my voice. We already fought this. Why are we fighting this again? Okay, so democracy, row rage, gun safety. Okay, so it's not our kids, it's our grandkids. Seniors, grandkids who are not safe in school. Right. How, how can this be happening in America where you're not even certain that your that your grandkids are going to come home? You know, mm-hmm. and those three things, in my mind, are even bigger than this colossal fourth thing that we've been talking about, which is that these guys want to end Social Security and Medicare in five years. Mm-hmm. And it's on the table. It's the plan. Yeah, that is that is fascinating, and of course, these these issues are so um, impactful to everyone that uh, that it's it's hard to put them in a bucket of like this is uh, an issue that resonates with young people. This is an I- issue that resonates with this group, or you know, whatever, because these are just like fundamental issues to our very security and health and welfare and and yeah. agency, you know, um, our democracy. So freedom. 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 Let's reclaim the word freedom. Mm. Yeah. You know, let's let's um, um, let, let's talk about that for one second, because this is this is freedom. We're we're talking about we're talking about us, you know, losing our freedoms. The row is the first real taking away of a freedom in my 74 years, mm. you know, a, a real step backwards. You know, we have been moving it as a country towards making people more and more and more free, you know, way too slowly. But 
reasonably surely, you know, at least with three steps forward and two steps back for a long time now. And now all of a sudden we're really going backwards. Freedoms are really take, being taken away. Yeah. And yeah. that's news. It is. It's important. And to your point, I think that, you know, talking about the, the people who have been on the front line, we're on the original front line of the fight for Roe versus Wade. I think a lot of people were shocked that it was overturned. And it's such an important reminder that anything can be taken away if if you don't fight right. for it. And if they're telling us that they're going to take it away, if they um, take back control of everything, we better believe them. Yeah, just believe them. My Angelou, you know, yeah. when someone tells you who they are, believe them. Just believe these people. Uh, they they mean it and they've proved it. You know, and many of us in my generation, you know, I'm 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 proud to say as a high school student, I went to Washington, D.C. with my friends and we stood <laughs> a million miles away from Martin Luther King, you know, for the I have a dream speech. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Um, you, you know, which one one of the the most enjoyable things I ever did was go to go to the White House on the 50th anniversary of that speech. Mm -hmm. And partly I was invited because I was actually there for the, for the speech. But these things were all entangled, you know, and meshed with each other in the in the 60s. You know, the civil rights movement, the fight for women's rights. And, right. and, you know, all of us were activists. My sense of my own activism honestly hasn't really changed that much since that time. I just, uh, you know, like everybody else got a little distracted for a while, having, you know, doing, doing some shows, entertaining some people, having my own family, having a life. Your life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Life. <laughs> but starting in the early two thousands, I really did go back to the kind of activism that I had started doing when I was a high school kid. And my idealism for this country hasn't really changed that much. My perception of who's mm. in the country has changed in the last few years. And that's worrisome. My perception of what other people think America is has changed. And I do find that tremendously disturbing. Um, yeah. As we speak, you know, and I suspect a lot of people will see this when this fight is over. But a messaging group that I'm part of, which we're really pretty good, like we can make things trend on Twitter fast. Yeah. And we made Republicans hate veterans um, right. trend yeah. a couple of days ago. On the pack Right. This is now on the table. The flag waving is completely phony. There is nothing real about it. You know, you, the Republican world is... Yeah, let's wave the flag to get some votes. But whenever something comes up where the actual people who had to live through this stuff need something too expensive, we're not going to vote for it. You know, we're going to find some excuse to to not do it. And then, yeah, if we get enough pub public pressure, I suspect a lot of people will see this when this has been turned around because they realize, like, oh, that might have gone a little too far. Right. <sighs> so now some of them will vote for it or, you know, the majority of them will vote for it. You know, because John Stewart was out there screaming and yelling right. or whatever, right? Yeah, you know, he brought a lot of attention to it, and and just like right. in a normal 
world, just the pure optics of Ted Cruz fist bump on the floor of the Senate after killing this bill that provides health care to veterans, you know, who've been exposed to toxic burn pits like that alone would in an election cycle completely derail everything. But uh, like you said, there is so much noise and so much going on that um, it's just like another thing. Um, because Republicans hate veterans is not hyperbolic, believe it or not. It's actually true. Mm. Yeah. It's, it, it, Republicans use veterans to get votes. Right. The powers that be in Republican world who are mostly greedy, right? You know, I think the, the, the biggest driver is really greed, you know, in the, in the upper echelons. In the, um, I don't want to pay taxes, you know, mm -hmm. echelon. Yeah, this is costing me, you're all costing me money. Um, echelon. They know they don't have enough CEO votes, you know, and corporate management votes to win anything. So they have thrown their lot in with bigotry. And that's really what's going on in that world. It's, it's about the people that you see on, on January 6th, you know, who, who largely, they're not wealthy people. They're, they're mostly you know, white supremacists. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're really dealing with here. It's all on the table. We've got to fight it back. Um, we've got to beat it back. We have to win or we don't have the beautiful, diverse, free America that we all have dreamed of for all of our lives. So when you are out on the road with your keyboard, drive it all over the place fighting for that america what what is what is driving you to do that what is giving you hope oh so what well what gives me hope is that i know that we actually are a majority i know that we have the we really do have the numbers um so what really drives me you know mariah is is that we've got to increase the majorities to be able to accomplish anything we increased the majority in November in both houses. Right. Obviously, in the Senate, the goal is to neutralize the, the two obstructions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And anybody who calls them moderates is lying. They're not moderates. They're obstructionists. Um, that's different. So neutralize the two obstructionists, get, blow up the filibuster, and get some real stuff done. Having said that, you know, under these circumstances, I think Democrats have done actually pretty well in, in getting stuff done in spite of these massive obstacles. And people should realize that they should understand that. Yeah. But what drives me right now is to increase those majorities. And I think we can do it. I think we've got plenty to run on. We've got plenty to run against. Mm. And uh, we really do have the numbers. It's just that the way the country is structured, you know, especially I'm, I'm more worried about the House than I am about the Senate, frankly. Right. You know, famous last words. Um, we'll see what happens in November. But gerrymandering, the Electoral College, the Senate, you know, all of these are kind of structural obstacles that despite the fact that we have the numbers, um, our side has to overcome those structural problems. Well, 
John Bauman, I'm so appreciative of your work and your your tireless dedication. Um, does Bowser want to give us any parting words here? I don't think it would be unfair for Bowser to say, bum 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 dang a dang dang ding a dong ding vote for Democrats. Because on election night of 2022, Democrats all over America have got to be doing this. <laughs> Love it. For our audio listeners, classic Bowser pose to end oh, up the show. Right. That doesn't play on radio. You got a good point. <laughs> but I did the mouth and the muscle, you know, whatever that thing is. It did. It did. The arms yeah. are getting bigger and bigger every year, too. So. I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> Thank you everyone for joining us today this is how we win we win when we all get involved don't forget to sign up for a group to get involved with at swingleft.org donate to our how we win fund at swingleft.org slash fundraise slash how we win come see us in los angeles on august 22nd at the how we win live super pod you can get tickets for that at howwewinlive.com we want to hear from you. Send us an email at hello at howwewinpot.com. Tweet to us at Steve at Mariah underscore Craven and at howwewinpot. We really appreciate you being here with us. We will be back with some more, of course, next Wednesday. MSW.